This is State Representative Gloria Johnson for Standing Tall Podcast, one of the Tennessee Holler Top uh, Podcast Network. And you can find Tennessee Holler at tnholler.com. You can also find them on social media at the TN Holler. We're here today to talk about what it's like having a small business during the pandemic. I'm here with Scott Schimmel and Lisa Sorensen, owners of Bliss. And we're going to talk a little bit about what it was like for them when the shutdown came and what it's been like opening up ever since. So Scott and Lisa, welcome. Glad to be here. Thanks Thanks. for having us. All right. So um, kind of go back to March when people were thinking about, uh, you know, having to close businesses, what that was going to be like. Um, you guys have businesses both in Knoxville, Nashville, as well as Louisville, Kentucky, right? So, so you've got a lot, you're, you had a lot to think about, I'm sure. So what was that like? So, um, yeah, I'll start. And March was a pretty stressful month. Um, you know, we've never had to do something like this before. So, you know, we thought through a lot of things. We, we tried to call some people and ask, you know, other business owners, what are you doing? And then when the shutdown came, you know, it was, well, we have to, how many people can we keep doing small things? Who do we have to let go? And then there was the big decision of, do we lay them off or do we furlough them? Which, you know, we didn't even realize there was a difference between those two things. And so we eventually, you know, we didn't want people to lose their health insurance because um, everything was going to have to go COBRA for everyone that we laid off. And, you know, somebody mentioned furloughing and then basically that would allow us to keep them on our health insurance um, and just let them, you know, go home, collect unemployment until we could bring them back. Yeah, those, it, March was, was scary. Um, kind of to what you alluded to, we do have stores in different cities, different counties, different states, and not having a, uh, a cohesive plan between those uh, areas really made it confusing for us. So we were having to, you know, read different counties, different health departments, different areas of Tennessee, you know, had different rules. And then uh, Kentucky had, you know, it's different set of rules and and advisory. So uh, we had to wade through quite a bit of paperwork and and rules and things like that. And this added another layer of complexity. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. But yeah, you had a different mayor in Nashville. In in Tennessee, it's done by local. So you had a different mayor in Nashville, you had different mayor in Knoxville, so those look different. And then you've got Louisville, Kentucky, which was different as well. That I hadn't thought about. Yeah, they were all different. Uh, Kentucky was actually the most, we were closed the longest in Kentucky. They were the most stringent, very, very tough. Um, And and, and so about your businesses, you've got different kinds of businesses here in Knoxville. You've got the furniture business, but you've also got the gift store. That's correct. Which, um, you know, when I think about, when I was thinking about closing down, I was thinking about your furniture furniture store. It's huge. And when you go in there, furniture stores don't have like a ton of traffic where your gift store might be really crowded, have a lot of people in there. Right. The furniture store is so big, there's, it's easier to social distance. 
for sure. I mean, I think people even now feel more comfortable coming into the furniture stores because they feel like they can social distance. Um, and actually furniture has been, has been quite busy since we opened back up. Um, I think it's because people are sitting in their house all day long <laughs> and know we're going to be stuck in there for like another year or so. Um, and so they want to make it, you know, beautiful. I, I do the same thing. I sit in my house and go, well, I could change that or yeah. I could change that, you know, right. so I, I, that's, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. So um, one of the other things, so I know that you talked about, and we had conversations during this, you were very concerned about your employees. I mean, uh, that was one of the big concerns. A lot of people think, uh, you know, you weren't thinking about yourself and your business, but you were thinking about how your employees were also going to get through this and the best way that worked for you all and to help them. Sure. And that's well, it important. It was important to not only keep them employed, but keep them safe. Mm -hmm. um, and so there were so many different things to read about how to, how to best handle that. And that took uh, quite a bit of time and, and energy and, and money to make sure that we were doing everything properly. I, I don't think people uh, get, you know, who don't have businesses or aren't going back to school totally grasp how keeping people safe is so important because I continually say we cannot bring back the economy if we don't contain the virus. And if you don't have that com consumer confidence where people feel confident going out, I'm going to wear a mask. Are the people in the store I'm going to going to be wearing masks? And you're going to have more people out if they're feeling better about what's happening with the virus. And also you're talking about not having a comprehensive plan. That's another thing that's keeping people, I think, from, from feeling that confidence to go out, you know. Sure, especially in this area where Knox County has one plan and then surrounding counties have other plans. So we have people, you know, coming in from other counties who aren't exactly sure what the rules and regulations are. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so so when it was time to go back, and and also you all did. Did you do the PPP loan? We did. We did the PPP loan. I mean, one of the biggest stressors in all of this was how do we keep some employees? I mean, we had one that was you know pregnant at the time. How do we keep her safe, as we talked about, and how do we keep them employed? And you know, we kind of kept some of our more our managers who were our more expensive employees because we didn't want to lay them off and we wanted to keep them and keep paying them if we could. So it was very stressful. And I remember every morning I'd wake up and look at the bank account. Um, you know, how much, how much, what's our cash flow look like? So very stressful. Um, also one of the bigger stresses were landlords. So, you know, we're closed, but just because we're closed doesn't necessarily mean that we don't have to pay rent to all these people. And we have, a lot of rent obligations and you know we'd be counting down the days of when this rent's due we spent at least a month if not more negotiating with every single one of our landlords on can we you know what can we do can we defer the payment um and things like that so that was really complicated and in fact we even had to hire a lawyer because we were so concerned about what was going to happen and how we could best navigate this for ourselves and our business and so that we can continue to be in business um, so, so that was difficult right that's another thing about having big huge spaces for your stores that means big huge rent big, huge <laughs> rent and when you have no money coming in yeah it gets really scary and yeah. some of the landlords were great to work with and others were were difficult and we you know i think we have six different landlords and we have six different we didn't negotiate six different plans going forward yeah wow wow um, um but yeah when it was time to come back and open back up you know first of all we had to find supplies for supplies for masks you know luckily a lot of our vendors started um 
you know, sending emails like, Hey, we have these masks. We have these masks. So we were just buying masks like crazy to sell for our employees. And we had to figure out the places to buy the plexiglass things. You know, where do you find that? And then we had, you know, to figure out, do we let people try on clothing? You know, that was a weird question. And I'm on a retail blog and some people had an idea of, you know, steaming we have steamers steaming the clothing after everyone tries it on and so you know it comes with pretty high heat and we felt like that seemed like a reasonable thing to do so that's what we do if somebody returns something we let it sit in a bag for 24 hours we steam it if they try anything on we steam it we clean the dressing rooms after everybody's uses them um and one of the other things that was hard to find was the cleaner yeah you know? i mean it was you know sold out everywhere or you pay have to pay hundreds of dollars for it online um, so that took us a while to actually get the cleaner. We got it just like the day that we opened up, I think. So so would you say it was more, it sounds like it's, it was much more complicated um, planning for your gift store that also has clothing than, than it was sure. for the furniture store? Right. For the furniture store, we didn't have to do as much. You know, there's no dressing rooms. There's a bathroom. Um, and, and, you know. Uh, people don't really touch as many things there, at least with their hands, they might sit on the sofa, but they're not touching a lot of stuff. Like in right. the store, there are a lot of things that are kind of, you want to grab and feel. Um, but uh, back to the, the PPP, you know, we're very thankful that we got it and we were able to get it. Um, but that whole process was super confusing mm -hmm. and super frustrating. I mean, it was not clear really how you applied for it or best way to apply for it. And then what you do when you get it, how, you know, how to use the money well, it's we spent it's still not clear yeah <laughs> we're, I mean, we're still kind of on edge it's exactly how am i doing this right correct, is that yeah correct i mean we spent hours and hours and hours reading you know different you know law you know blogs and things like that and talking to everybody we knew about exactly how it works nobody really seemed to have a great answer um, bankers didn't know well, right now, I mean, so we did, um, we didn't get it in the first round and that was very stressful because we applied like the second day that the applications opened up and we applied with our local bank who isn't really local or I guess more regional and we didn't really have a good point person. And so they just, which they just let it sit there and not do anything. And I've heard that from a lot of other people. So we begged our local banker here who we have a good relationship with to please let us apply with them because they were saying at the time if you've already applied with one bank you can't apply with another bank mm -hmm. and we were like look the other bank isn't doing anything um please take this so then we finally got it in the second round of applications because all we kept hearing is they're gonna run out of money and once yeah they run yeah out you money, did hear that once right. they run out of money that's it you're done and i mean i i mean we, do, we are very thankful for the ppp money because i don't know if we could have survived without it and now, luckily, I mean, we don't really know about paying it back, but I think they pushed that back to, you know, a later date and hopefully we'll all figure it out. It's not going to be a fun process. Yeah. And not to, you know, excuse banks for not having things figured out, but I'm sure they were probably confused too on exactly how it was going to work. And that's why they were kind of sitting on their hands because they didn't yeah. want to you know, get themselves into a point where they couldn't, you know, they had, they'd lend out money and maybe the money wasn't going to come back I and mean, they owed. The, the government, you know, millions of dollars and things like that. So I think you had some banks that figured it out, but there were a lot of banks that were, you know, just as confused yeah. as, as and, and I think that what we saw that first round too was a lot of the bigger businesses getting in there, powering in because they had lawyers and people to Correct. manage all that Correct. stuff for them. And they ended up getting those where the true small businesses that really desperately needed it 
kind of fell behind in that. And that was really frustrating. Right. And we had um, Adrian, who um, is, is our bookkeeper, who helps us through things like this. She really had studied it and basically came in and helped us do it all. So she was very helpful with this process and getting it done and getting it submitted and making sure that we got as much as we could possibly get. Well, I mean, that's the thing you do. You've got to give some leeway because it's new to everybody, sure. you know, um, same as the unemployment insurance, you know, the backlog and the horror nightmare of trying to get unemployment for all those hundreds of thousands of Tennesseans who needed it. And our state just didn't get ready for it. The governor, you know, didn't have enough staff. They didn't hire enough staff early. They didn't, um, um, back up the system like they should have early enough. And it's, it's based on old, you know, it's, it's, it's an old system and a formatting in computers. And don't ask me about it because I don't know, but I've talked to several people that said, you know, they've asked them time and time to update it and it hasn't been. And so we ran into this backlog of people who needed unemployment and couldn't get it. And I know that your daughter Victoria right. was one of those. So yeah, we had to lay our daughter um, off. <laughs> So it's, you know, it's really, it was really difficult for folks. But so I guess my question now is, um, how would you compare business before the pandemic to now? Is it, do you feel like it's back to normal or what do you feel? I would say the furniture stores are close to back to normal. Um, there's still kind of an I guess an uneasiness, I guess when you're in the stores, I guess you kind of sense, you know, everybody's in masks and everybody's a little more timid, but in terms of people's buying and spending uh, patterns, at least with the furniture stores, we're kind of back to where we would like to be. With the two gift and clothing stores, we're not quite, quite there. I think people just aren't, you know, ready to come back into those. We also have a mall location and that's, uh, that's a whole nother, another Yeah, world. that's what I was wondering yeah. about, what the mall, I, like what the mall was like are people going into malls the mall is like definitely down a lot from last year uh, our downtown location downtown clothing location is it's okay we're down a little bit but people i think feel more comfortable coming in from the outside into a store it's we've got big tall ceilings it's pretty wide it feels very open and i think our mall store is a you know first of all you're enclosed in a mall and then our store there is a little bit more narrow and a little bit you know, it doesn't just doesn't feel um, as open, and I think people just aren't shopping as much in the malls right now. And I'll say, in our downtown location and overall in downtown, mask wearing is probably close to a hundred percent. I mean, it's very mm -hmm. infrequent that you see people without masks. I was at the mall the other day, and I can't say the same for the mall. I was kind of surprised there were. Wow! So people. people are inside and in small stores, and they're not wearing masks. I didn't notice too many in small stores. Most mm -hmm. of the smaller stores have some some appropriate signage that says, you know, please have a mask when you enter that store. But in the main channels, I was kind of surprised how few masks I saw. Yeah, interesting, interesting. So people would have them, but they just wouldn't have them on out in the middle of the mall. But then when they go into a store, they might put them on. A lot of, or maybe a lot not. Of neck, a lot of wearing them on their neck. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, they don't do a lot of good there, you no, know. No. I see people all the time, especially in the legislature, and they'll have them down below their nose. I'm like, guys, you're kind of missing the point. <laughs> so, you are. so it's it's really really uh, frustrating. But is there, you know, people will bring up, does does it bother you that people? I mean, I don't even ever think about dangers of somebody wearing a mask at all um 
does that in a store does that enter anybody's head or is it just normal i mean you know what just that somebody's masked and you can't see who they are oh that we're afraid i'm so used to it now yeah honestly it's almost the reverse of that we're watching television (laughs) we have a lot of people doing some unsafe things like that bothers me more than actually seeing people i mean i think everyone's still a little bit on edge for sure the worst part is that i can't recognize people (laughs) no that is that is really bad i've gone to a couple of things i don't you know i don't go out a lot quite frankly but um i was at the um ut black lives matter march the other day and everybody was masked which was great and and you, you can't really tell it in the pictures but there was a lot of social distancing but when you take a big shot of a big group it looks like everybody's mashed up together but they really weren't but um i kept seeing people who recognized me and i guess i kind of stick out because <laughs> <laughs> i'm just six three woman you know but um but I would see people, I wasn't exactly sure who they were. And that's, that is uh, tough, you know, or it takes a minute. But, but they all funny. knew who you were. And like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that happens to me, you know, a lot anyway, just because I, I, I do stand out. But, um, but it's funny, that's something that you, you do have to deal with. But, uh, and then so, also reopening, you know, we had different times that we had to reopen Knoxville, different times we opened the mall, I think different times for Nashville and then Kentucky opened up another couple of weeks after uh, our latest location in Tennessee. Yeah. Okay. So is, is Kentucky open now like totally yes, or as a state, is. do you know, or did they do statewide or were they more localized? Well, I mean, we just kind of paid attention to, to, to Louisville. Louisville. Um, I think their restaurants though, indoors are at 25%. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. They are very strict. Their, really their governor is, is very strict there. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, we're open. I mean, business is okay there. Okay. What about the, what, what about the other stores? Like say where your furniture store is in the gallery, are all the stores around you open regularly now and everything? Yes. Yeah. All open. Okay, good. And do you all talk much? Do you, is there traffic in the, in the shopping center where you are there? Um, you know, I think so. I mean, Tomato Head is there and yeah. there's a couple of restaurants and, you know, Tomato Head has a nice outdoor patio. And I mean, our stores have been busy. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to say the craziest thing that we've all run into is that we didn't expect is that the, the demand, the overwhelming demand, but our supply chains are really messed up. So, um, our, a lot of our vendors, you know, they do get furniture from overseas and that has been difficult. They didn't expect this demand, I think, during the pandemic. So maybe they didn't order as much. Well, they had a slowdown and then a, then a huge, you know, demand right after that. So right. that just caused everything to be delayed. It's, it's really, a it's really a problem. And like even our low, even our, you know, North Carolina manufacturers are having a hard time getting like the metal pieces that they need to make the to complete the sofas and they're having a hard time getting fabric because all the American mills went out of business like in the past 10, 15 years because China was, you know, bringing in all the fabric and all the fabric was coming from China. Well, you know, now that has slowed and that's been delayed. And um, so, I mean, if someone's wanting to buy some furniture or buy something now, go, go ahead and do it. So, so, so the, the wait time on when you order something has increased oh, has considerably. definitely increased. I mean, we try to stock a lot of things, but things that normally we could get in a few weeks now, um, 
you adding know. on at least at least four weeks, if not six weeks. Yeah. I mean, we're trying to say at least 90 days and, and then you can't guarantee that because what we, we just keep running into, oh, that fabric's delayed. Oh, that leather's delayed. Oh, this is delayed. And, you know, people just, you know, you, you wish you had all the information, but not everyone knows when things are going to come in. Right. I mean, right. our workforce, it's, it's, a, it's also, you know, the workforce, people get sick. And a lot of our companies have factories in the United States. And if someone gets sick, then they have to quarantine that whole group of people. So, I mean, this is just randomly all the time. Our factories are closed down or, you know, for a few weeks or quarantining a, a large portion of their staff, or maybe they're working with reduced staff. Um, so, I mean, it is, an, it is an issue. And we've had that at our own store. I mean, this week we actually closed downtown early at 7 p.m. because we had a few girls um, that, that um, were quarantining, that were told they had to quarantine. And our manager was like, I can't, you know, I can come in, but then, you know, it's, it's going to be a long, long week for her. So we just, right. we closed. You know, the other interesting thing though, is we're in terms of hiring new people, it's very similar to where we were probably 12 months ago, where it was really hard to find uh, employees. And I'm, I kind of would have thought it would have been a little bit easier. I thought there would have been more people out there looking for jobs, mm -hmm. but it's really tough again. I mean, it was just like when it was 3% unemployment. Yeah, and there's, and there's still a lot of people that are nervous about going back because of, you know, pre-existing comorbidities, that, that sort of big, thing. Big I, I talk to people all the time who are really concerned about that. Um, so uh, I, it, it's got to be it's got to be tough, but it's, um, you know, hopefully that'll get better as people feel more comfortable and they feel like we're really taking precautions and not just the individual businesses, but as a state or as a county, um, trying to really contain this virus so that we can get back to more normal. It may not be the same because we might be wearing masks and social distancing for quite some time, but at least we can get back to something. So right. we hope. <laughs> well, I really appreciate you guys joining me today and kind of letting people know what's going on, what's happening with small businesses, what it's been like for them. And I just want to say to people too is um, support those small businesses. Yes. You know, one thing when I was uh, quarantining for that time, I, I, you know, it was through you guys that I really got my no, I'm not shopping at Amazon because you would talk about how they would give these deals. And if you could find something in a store, Amazon would beat it by $5, you know? And I'm like, do I want to give uh, my money to Jeff Bezos? Or do I want to give my money to, to Tennesseans who are opening small businesses? And to me, it, it's if they're, Amazon's going to give you a $5 discount, I'd rather pay that extra $5 to a small business like you guys who employs Knoxville folks and cares about those employees. And so I just want to encourage everybody listening to also please do all you can to shop at your small businesses in Tennessee, because those are the folks hiring Tennesseans and those are the folks that um, are, are growing our community and making it better. So thank you, Scott and Lisa. Any final words? One other thing about adding to the whole shopping online thing. Yes, shop local, shop inside a bricks and mortar store if you can. A lot of them have websites that you know is easy to do, but then if you do have to go outside of a local small store, mm -hmm. at least support 
a store, even if it's a big box store, if they have a local presence, if they have mm -hmm. a store, because then you're still keeping your tax dollars in that, in that state, in that county, and you're still employing the people in, in that area. Right. Okay, great. Lisa, any final words? Um, I love this. Just keep shopping local, go to your local restaurant, pick up food. I know that the restaurants have really, they've really struggled too. I think retail has gotten a little bit better, but support your Right. Own. I'm, I'm still, um, eating only outside or pickup. So, right. that, that's so, us too. Yeah, definitely. Just remember them, pick it up and leave them a tip. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. All right. Thanks everybody. This Thank has you. been State Representative Gloria Johnson on Standing Tall, one of the Tennessee Holler podcasts. You can find Tennessee Holler at tnholler.com and you can find them on social media at the TN Holler. Thanks so much and have a great week. <laughs>